Looking for your next spot out with family or friends? Whether you're on the east side, downtown, in Fitchburg, or at Hilldale, you're sure to enjoy one of Madison's favorite traditions. Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company, Madison's home for craft beer and pub food since 1994. Everybody, huddle up. Live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company, this is the Great Dane Huddle on 100.5 ESPN. With former Badger and NFL punter Brad Nortman. And Nortman has a fake. Great call and great execution. Not a Hawkeye in sight. Here's Alex Strofe. Yeah, it is the Great Dane Huddle Live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company on the east side of Madison. Pumped to be back and pumped to be here on the east side of Madison. I'm Alex Strofe alongside the man, the myth, the legend, the brilliant mind, the former Wisconsin Badger, the former NFL punter, the great Brad Nortman. Bradley, it's been a couple weeks, man. Good it to see been. you. It's good to see you. It's, the dynamic duo has come back together. So it just feels right. Uh, it's good to see you again. It's been even just a couple weeks off. Feels like we've... Uh, feels like an eternity. Too, too long. Too uh, long. We might be the biggest bromance in sports radio, <laughs> to be honest with you. Because, um, you know, I, the, the way I translated what you just said is Jesse Nelson sucks, which I couldn't agree with more. Wow, that's a strong, uh, strong take right And um, Yeah, I mean, that's the way I... I tra- you said it just without saying No, no, yeah, no. Yeah, no. No disrespect to Jesse. We have a different vibe. We have a different relationship. Does he, I, does, I, I play multiple... Multiple roles here. Now, has, has Jesse ever disagreed with anything you've ever said? Yeah. Okay. That shocks me, honestly. Yeah. He's, he's not a big disagreeer. I mean, he, it was delicate. He, I, think, <laughs> I think he framed it as, like, if, if I would push back a little. I think that's how he framed it. If I would push back a little on that. That's all he, that's all he phrased Ew, it. That's gross. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's good to see you. It's good to be back. Alex G. holding things down for us back in the Everlight Solar Studio. How we doing, G? I'm doing great. I, I got to be a part of... Ben Brust getting absolutely hammered in Are You yeah. Smarter Than Ben Brust moments ago, which was fantastic. Yeah, an all-time performance on Scalzo and Brust. Every Tuesday they play a game called Are You Smarter Than Ben Brust? There was 15 questions asked to both a fan and then the same 15 to Ben. Brad, I don't know if you caught it. The fan, for the first time ever, went 15 for 15. Wow. All 15 questions correct in 90 seconds. That I, I would imagine that the, the caliber of questions are pretty tough. Uh, if, if, if it's never been 15, uh, I guess it's maybe the time uh, limit. Yeah, really yeah. It. I would say this. I, I play I play along every week because I, it's a fun game. I like trivia. I'm a trivia nut. And um, I would have gotten about nine right this, this, this week, but 15 of them. Have you ever personally got 15 right? No, no. Really? No, nine's pretty good for me. Okay. Um, I, I would say somewhere around like 66 to 75% is like a really good outing. Wow. Um, is, is this fan getting anything specific for being a 100% champion? Nothing extra than he gets for beating Ben. Okay. Which is unfortunate. Maybe they'll hook him up with something. But anyway, yeah. uh, wild moment in sports radio about an hour ago. But, Brad, uh, let's dive in. Let's start with the Badgers this week because I feel like we haven't talked a lot of Badgers recently with it obviously being the offseason. But an exciting weekend this past weekend as it was the official visit weekend, I think is how they're branding it, mm-hmm. for uh, a lot of their already 2024 commits, verbal commits, not officially signees yet, but guys like Mabram Matoyer, uh, who's the quarterback out of Texas, a guy like Robert Booker, who's the tight end out of Wanakee, um, and some other guys, Grant Steck, 
a tight end out of, out of Illinois, which uh, I've actually had the pleasure of, of interviewing all, all three of those guys. You can find that in the Prep Mania feed on Wisconsin On Demand if you want to hear those conversations. But they were all in town this weekend for their official visit to the university. And we were talking off the air a little bit. Uh, when you took your official visit way back in 2007 or 2008, that would have been? Oh, that was fall of 2007. Um, Quite some time ago. A little bit different than how they do it these days. It is a little bit different, but they're vital weekends, no matter what no time frame you're talking about. And particularly, think about the, the weather that they had to walk into, all these different recruits, recruits that they have. I mean, when I did my official visit, it was... It was December of the uh, – we went during, like, the you know, Badger banquet time when they did the banquet for the team. Mm. That's when they used to have a lot of guys do their official visits. At that point, when February used to be the signing date, you know, so two months ahead of time you had your, uh, your official visit. Most of the guys were already committed at that point. There were very few fence sitters. Maybe there were a few. So to do it now, particularly when Madison's beautiful, you can get a jump on all this different recruiting before the season starts. It's absolutely brilliant. I know that the, the, the seasonality of recruiting has changed a little bit since I was in it. But you can sit back as someone who's being recruited, and you can think about all the pros and cons, and you can think about what kind of the you know, educational program the university is or how they've done recently or whatever else, but, man, nothing beats that in-present, face-to-face time with the, with the coach, with the staff, and just experiencing it for yourself. Those were the times when you really figure out what schools you want to go to and what schools you don't. Yeah. It seems like everything that the current staff is doing is just putting on an absolute show for these kids. And I will say this as well. For guys that are already committed, right, obviously no commitment is safe until they Especially sign up. Especially these the days. Yes. But if you, got, if you do have guys that are bought in and you can bring a bunch of them in, couple that with guys that are uncertain – you can create a little bit of brotherhood early on, start to get these guys recruiting one another. That might be just as big of a, of a, of a leg up as anyone can have. Real quick on that, and you know, I mentioned I, t- I talked with maybe Matoyer, who's, who's a four-star quarterback out of Texas, uh, Grant Steck, who's a four-star tight end uh, out of Illinois. They were the first two commits, if I'm not mistaken, of the 2024 class. And in, in talking with these guys, Brad, it's so neat. So they, are, they were immediately, Mabry was the first one to commit, and he was immediately on the recruitment grind, right? Like he was one of us, right? Like with Luke <laughs> Fickle and Phil Longo and company, getting out, DMing, texting, tweeting, Snapchatting, um, all these guys trying to get him to Wisconsin. And now their new thing is, is like there's like eight guys committed now to the class of 24, is they will like break off in groups of three and get a fourth guy on to play video games with them and just oh, tell wow. them about why they committed to Wisconsin. And like the efforts of this, this group for the class of 2024, I... I there's always recruitment like you talk about, right, from, from some of those higher prospects. But th- this class of 2024 seems like they're on another level of anybody. It's wild to me. I'd never heard that, how tight-knit they are. And they hadn't met in person until this past weekend. That's unbelievable. I, I mean, it's one thing to hear the spiel from the coach and to kind of get it from university departments and whatnot. It's something completely different when you get it from a peer, when you get the sort of firsthand, this is why you got to be at Wisconsin type of uh, observations from a peer. Nothing says, especially that time in your life, a little bit of peer pressure, right? A little oh, bit of peer yeah, pressure, dude. I direction. gave in all the time when I was 17. I remember even when I was committed to Minnesota. Yeah, let's um, keep that quiet. That's right. Um, I would go to some games, still kept my recruitment slightly open, uh, open enough to decommit, and all the rest of the de- all the rest of the commits at Wisconsin were like, "Dude, when are you decommitting? When are you coming here? What more do you need to see?" That's and, so and, good. and that w- that landed, it totally landed on me. And and the more time you spend with these guys, it's it's easy to decommit from a coach. I'm never going to see you again. If you got a buddy 
if you've become friends with these guys, man, that's hard to say no to. Who, who wouldn't want that? And who wouldn't want that as a program? As, as us being now fans, who wouldn't want that as a program? You'd love to believe that these guys are for one another, that they're friends. So it, it's, it's wins for everybody. He's Brad Norman. I'm Alex Strove. It is the Great Dane Huddle live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company on the east side of Madison. So I've heard the story of you committing to Minnesota and decommitting to Minnesota, but I actually don't know the story and what goes into a decommitment. So what the hell does that look like? Are you calling up who, and I know it wasn't P.J. Fleck at the time, but let's just use the current coach as the example. Are you calling up Fleck and be like, hey, man, um, I got to, I got to, like, is it an awkward phone breakup? Because you're, you're 17. You're not going from Brookfield to, to, to Minneapolis to, to visit him in person and bring him flowers and say, hey, sorry, I think I've got to cut this off. How does a decommitment go? You know, there's nothing fun about it. The only fun part is when you make the commitment phone call to Wisconsin. That's the only fun part about it. For sure. But, you know, I committed to Minnesota in, like, June or so. And then I didn't decommit until end of September. So it was a while that I was committed to Minnesota. Whoa. But, man, I tell you what, it was probably August when I went to Wisconsin for a practice, met with Coach Bielema, and started to feel those feelings of, like, man, maybe I, maybe I made a big mistake. Maybe I should really go to Wisconsin, really should consider this. And then the first week went to the game, early September. Labor Day weekend. And, you know, I, I went to countless Badger games, but then you experience what that could look like as a player. And I was, I was hooked. And I already knew I was hooked, but I knew I was hooked. So I was living probably a month and a half of an imposter. Literally. No I, was telling, I was telling these guys at Minnesota, like, oh, no, don't worry about it. I'm just, you know, I'm just doing my thing and just, you know, don't worry about Wisconsin, whatever else. But deep inside, I was like, man, I know I'm going to decommit. I just can't help it, right? It's Wisconsin. And even when you sit down on the pros and cons list and you feel your gut and you get a heart check and you're just like, man, I, I got to do this. So for the longest time, I was like a zombie Minnesota recruit. Like, I know I'm going to decommit. This is going to be painful. So finally, it was like, I need to just make this call. I need to commit. And I need to decommit for Minnesota. So you, you always start with the decommitment, right? You start with the yeah. bad news. So I called my recruiting coordinator, who is also going to be our special teams coach uh, at Minnesota, and I was like, Coach, you, you know I love you guys. You know I respect the heck out of you. You guys have done a ton for me, and I wish nothing for the best. All the, all the words, right? All the words. And and I was like, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commit to Wisconsin. Oh, I, I, I was wondering if it was just a, hey, no, I'm, I'm not coming. Oh, no, it's, it's not only, hey, I'm breaking up yeah. with you. I'm going to date your, I'm gonna date your <laughs> arch enemy. Oh, my God, that's so good. Yeah, and I was like, I'm so good. And he was like, I, yeah. he's like, is there anything I can do to change your mind? You know, maybe, maybe think about it. I'm like, coach, I've been thinking about it. But nothing I have been thinking about more than this. So he's like, okay, I understand, you know, but. You know, you have to call Coach uh, Brewster. Okay, you have to call head coach, Coach Brewster, and, uh, and let him know personally. Oh. So I was like, okay, no problems. I'm going to call him right now. Thanks again. So I hang up and uh, call Coach Brewster. Call the number, call the number. It's ringing, it's ringing, it's ringing. Voicemail. All right, time out right the there. Voicemail. Time out right there. It, it's A, leave a voicemail, or B, try again later. You left a voicemail. You were 17, left, no doubt. I left a voicemail. But I invited a call back. I said, Coach, it's Brad Nortman. Um, I just talked to Coach. Gosh, I forgot his name. That's pretty bad. Whoever my recruiting coordinator was, I, I was like, I just called him and informed him of my decision. I'm going to decommit. I'm going to commit to Wisconsin. I hope you understand. Uh, I would love for you to call back. We can talk about this some more. I can tell you this more in person. Um, I hope you understand, and I, I wish nothing for the best for Minnesota. I look forward to hearing from you. I'll talk to you soon. Hang up. Did he call back? 
the next time I speak to Coach Brewster <gasps> was when we played them. No way. After the Wisconsin game, we played them at home that year. I didn't hear a peep from them. No text, no call back, no nothing. No. The very first punt was a backed-up punt. So we're playing at home against Minnesota. All-out blitz. All-out punt block. Got the punt off, no problems. And then it was a quick handshake. Quick handshake to end the game. Um, just said, like, hey, good luck. Good to see you. Good luck. You beat them, right? That was it. We beat them. Yeah. That was 4-0. Yeah. It's uh, the Gophers. So, yeah, I mean, no callback. No callback. So I'm bummed. You know, I, I feel not that I'm bummed, but you just feel crummy, right? You just don't feel For good sure. about that yeah, kind yeah. of thing. So then they call Wisconsin, and I think they were hopeful, but I didn't leave any tips. I, didn't, I, didn't, I, was, I wasn't like, hey, wink, wink, this is working. Um, so I call him, called Coach Partridge, and uh, – you know, he's like, how you doing? And I was like, Coach, I got some good news for you. And he's like, wait, wait, wait. Don't say it yet. And he went and got you know, Coach Bostad, who was my recruiting coordinator, got Coach Bielema Stevens on the line. Point legend, Bob Bostad. Go on. Yes, very good. Very good. Look at you. You know your Stevens Point, don't I you? I sure do. So I had them all on speakerphone. I said, hey, I'm going to commit to Wisconsin. I just decommitted from Minnesota. And they're cheering. They're yes. Like, the right decision. We can't wait to have you. And it was a huge load off. It was a huge load off. And I just think about... I think about, first of all, it was the right decision. I feel great about it. And love me some Wisconsin. It was a launch pad to a great career. But, man, I think about what these kids are going through. You know, you, you, you hear about all these kids having different offers. And, you know, it's, it's glamorized nowadays for sure, right? It's on yeah. social media. They're talking about it. They're it's a whole other level. They're enjoying it at these schools. But, man, it's a weight. It's a huge weight on their shoulders. And there's a lot at stake, now particularly with more money on the line. Back when I was playing, the transfer portal wasn't a thing, so you don't have as many options. But it, it's a heavy and it's an important time for them. It's an important time for the university to get the right guys in there and, um, and show them what Wisconsin's made of because we're made of a lot. God, this is why I love working with Brad Norman. <laughs> That's such a good story, dude. And I, I never known that. I'm glad I asked about it yeah. because uh, I, I, I've always wondered what a decommitment process looks like because yeah. it happens all the time, it right? And, and for you, if I'm the Minnesota coaches, it's like, shoot. But we lost the kid to his own state school. Yeah. Right? So you kind of get that. Um, and, and no offense, obviously, but punter is probably not super high on the priority list for recruitment. Obviously, yeah. you need a punter. But um, I, I imagine it, it wasn't like they were losing a five-star quarterback, right? Yeah. Um, as good of a punter as you were and as great of an offensive weapon as Kirk Herbstreit is uh, referred to as, as you were for Wisconsin, uh, you made the right decision. Yes. So uh, that, is, that is an awesome story. Uh, but, yeah, so, so over the weekend, uh, as we totally got derailed there, uh, was the official visit for this class of 24. And it just seems like, and this has now been widespread throughout Wisconsin, this, this process, this hype, is, it's not only in football now, it's bleeding into uh, Wisconsin basketball is making uh, bat signal videos to announce that they have a new recruit. And it just seems like Wisconsin is on just another level now. And, and they've always been high. They've always been one of the most well-respected universities when it comes to specifically football and men's basketball. But it seems like they're just on another level with the hype and, and the expectations and the fan excitement. It just seems like it's through the roof, and that is a, a big thanks to, to not only Luke Fickle but to the athletic director, Chris McIntosh. You know, one of the words you cannot describe your athletic program department as is stale and I felt like over the last couple of years it became a little stale you know you introduce Macintosh you introduce Fickle you get Greg Gard having bad signals talk about something I thought I would never see right was a bad signal with a with a Greg Gard smirk at the end of it and <laughs> I I love it and you have to have that and I think there are some people out there that kind of um, shrug off yeah, university energy or the recruiting process of like oh, you're just you know you're recruiting 17 year old kids and whatever else well darn it 
that's what you have to do if you're at a university level. You are recruiting kids. You need energy. You need buzz. You're, you're creating the DNA of your new program right now. So you've got to get the right kids. You've got to get them excited. Because, if yes, we, it worked out in the transfer portal to get some big names. That's not necessarily sustainable. You need to recruit your own guys. So this first class in here is going to be a massive class. And I have high expectations for them. And they're clearly doing everything they can to create their own buzz. No doubt about it. And it is, uh, it is an exciting time. It's, it's like early June. And we're sitting here <laughs> clamoring over Badger football. Uh, September 2nd, when they open the season against Buffalo, cannot come soon enough. It is the Great Dane Huddle live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company on the east side of Madison, the Great Dane Pub. Four great locations in the Madison area here on the east side, right downtown, just off the Capitol Square. One in Fitchburg and one in the Hilldale area of the city. They've got great food at all four locations. They've got the great beer, the German pills, the crop circle wheat at all four locations. And brunch is back for the weekends, by the way. Saturday and Sunday, brunch is back at the Great Dane, including mimosa specials, great breakfast food. You can go to greatdanepub.com slash brunch for all the information at all four pubs in the area. That's greatdanepub.com slash brunch. We will dive into the David Bakhtiari Dilemma. Right after this, what should the Packers do with the former All-Pro left tackle? We'll dive into David Bakhtiari and what Craig Karmazin had to say about Bakhtiari. That's next. It's the Great Day in Huddle, live from the Great Day in Pump and Brewing Company on the east side of Madison. The Great Dane Huddle rolls on live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company on the east side of Madison. I'm Alex Strofe alongside the brilliant mind of the former NFL and Badger punter, the great Brad Nortman. Our guy Alex Gravatt back in the Everlight Solar Studio, downtown Madison. And gee, I, I, gotta, I gotta tell you something I just found out during the break um, that's unfortunate. So... As you are aware, Alex, uh, Jesse Nelson, uh, the hall monitor, filled in for me last week on this program, correct? Yes. And uh, as, as we always, you know, we always feel bad for you because, you know, when we're at the Great Dane, we always have a good dinner. We probably have a beer or two. Um, we're, we're enjoying the vibes that are always wonderful at the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company and at the four locations. And I was informed during the break... As I debated whether or not I was going to get the Nashville hot chicken sandwich tonight, um, I was informed that Jesse Nelson took two bites of the Nashville hot chicken sandwich last week and did not eat the rest of his meal because it was too hot for him. Now, my question for you, G, is how much does that frustrate you that this guy not only didn't finish his meal, but he essentially wasted his meal that I'm sure you would love to have that you unfortunately can't get because somebody has to be back at the Everlight Solar Studio pressing buttons making us sound nice. So how, how, how frustrated does that make you at what I just found out? Listen, there's nothing you can say that's going to make me more frustrated at Sour Cream the person than that. <laughs> I, I do love the hot chicken sandwich and I remember sitting there uh, because they, so they sponsored the Frisbee <laughs> Beer League and I'm, so I'm there all the time during Great the Great Dane does, okay. Yes, the Great Dane. So about twice a week I eat there and I get the Nashville Hot and I'm always like, oh, it's like 4% too hot, but I want to fight through it, and I always do, and I love it. And yeah. and I've had plenty of friends fight through it. And Hold on. We're burying the lead here. <laughs> Did you just refer to Jesse Nelson as, and I quote, sour cream the person? Yeah, I mean, like, if you're not going to finish your food because it's too hot, and you're going to have... <laughs> 
you're really gently pushing back on people who have takes. You know, it's it's a sour cream individual. Oh my goodness, we just we just beat the the hall monitor nickname. Wow, Jesse Nelson is sour cream. That is the best thing you may have ever said on these airwaves, G, and that's a high bar. So well done. Uh, thank you for that. All right, let's uh, let's move on. We'll, we'll get to Gmail next segment where we'll hear more from. Oh my God, the best producer I've ever worked with, uh, Alex Grabat, uh, on the other side. But we need to get into uh, with Brad Nortman and Alex Strove here with you on the Great Day and Pub and Brewing Company on the East Side. Uh, this David Bakhtiari dilemma. So uh, to set this up for you, Brad. Uh, David Bakhtiari, obviously one of the longest tenured Packers, if not the longest tenured Packer at this point, since he came into the league in, uh, I believe it was 2014, he was drafted out of Colorado. And, um, you know, obviously very good friends with Aaron Rodgers, uh, very good left tackle when he's healthy, but he has not been afraid to use the word rebuild uh, to explain this year's Packers. He's the only guy affiliated with the team that will use that term. Um, And the way he set it up last week, he essentially said, you know, when you move on from a Hall of Fame quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, it's impossible not to call it a rebuild. You know, I would have said the same thing in 2008 when they moved on from uh, Brett Favre because you don't know what the next guy is. And that's not, that's not any indication of how I feel about Jordan uh, Love. It's just it's hard not to call it a rebuild. And I agree with David on that, on that aspect. But um, it, it seems like there's some slights, there's some thoughts that, that maybe are underlying in David Bakhtiari's verbiage and terminology that he uses when speaking with the media and craig karmazin who does a great job on, on sunday karma uh weekends uh or sundays rather 10 to 10 a.m to noon here on espn madison and of course the founder and ceo of good karma brands he had this to say over the weekend about what the packers should do with david bakhtiari get him off this team immediately you have a guy who is theoretically your leader right your veteran guy who's been there the longest saying, I'm going to show up for as many things as I have to to get paid, and then I'm not going to come to any of them. That's like one of our leaders in the company saying, I'm going to use all my sick days, even if I'm not sick. Like that, and so what? So that the younger players can hope that one day they could be a star so that they don't have to show up? I mean, how do you build a culture that way? How do you try to instill what you want in your younger players if your veteran leaders are saying, no, not only do I not want to over-deliver, I'm going to do the minimum that I have to and spend the least possible time around the rest of the team to help them. That's Craig Karmazin uh, last week, rather, on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy, uh, where, where he essentially just reiterated his take from Sunday Karma, uh, which is the show he hosts every Sunday from 10 a.m. to noon. I have a ton of thoughts on that, but first I turn to the NFL alum, Brad Norman on his thoughts. Well, I, I agree with uh, Bakhtiari that this is a rebuild. I don't know what else you'd call, you know, shuttling off all of your veterans, including a Hall of Fame quarterback, to a quarterback that's young and unknown with a bunch of other young and unknown talent around him. I don't think there's any problem in calling it that. The thing you really wanted to do is, is shorten the rebuild process. The rebuild process might only be, it could be half a season, it could be one season. That would be on the shorter time frame of rebuilds. And I don't think rebuild is a dirty word either. I think that's okay to say. And when it comes to Craig's comments on uh, getting rid of him, you know, I disagree. I do. I, I think there is a lot of benefit to a veteran in the locker room. First of all, if, if, if our biggest concern as, as, uh, as, as Packer analysts is how does Jordan Love do, okay? That's the yeah. biggest concern. That's the biggest question mark. 
you need to surround him with the best talent you possibly can. Now, I know that they have not necessarily invested in veteran wide receivers or things like that, but the offensive line is good. It's a good offensive line. You need to protect him. When we were talking on the draft night um, discussing the Packers' options, and we talked to Mark Tauscher, and we said, Mark, what would a quarterback prefer? A great offensive line or great weapons? Now, this is coming from an offensive lineman, but he said a great offensive line. Nothing. He's a little biased. Yeah, true. Yeah. But he said nothing makes a quarterback feel more comfortable than a great offensive line. So I that's had, true. I'm gonna try if if I'm the if I'm the GM if I'm Goody I want to try to create a safe environment around uh, Jordan Love where he feels protected and then he can go through his process of growth as a Packers quarterback. Now the only thing and not only that but I feel like offensive linemen even if he's not actively coaching up other offensive linemen or other people on the offense. Just observationally, these guys don't know what it looks like to be a pro. They don't know what it takes to, to play in the National Football League, even if he isn't do, going above and beyond what it takes to be an offensive player. Just looking at his technique, looking at the way he thinks about the game, there's value in that. So not, not only having a, a pro ball level tackle on your team, protecting your new quarterback, but also guys looking up to him, it would take some serious toxicity for me to be like, this guy needs to go. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, serious toxicity. I haven't seen that yet. Not to say that's not happening behind the scenes, or it won't happen. If Packers are struggling and they're sellers at the trade deadline, and he's he's putting up a stink because he's not a contender or whatever else, then for sure, I think to say that now is a bit far. And I think there's a lot of benefit in having a guy like that on the roster. What do you say, Alex Strofe? I, uh, I am mostly in agreement with you. Uh, I, I understand Craig's point from a culture standpoint. Yes. But a professional football team is not your normal you know, 9-to-5 corporate job. It's just not. It's no. not the same. Culture's different, right? Guys not showing up for OTAs that are over 30 years old. He's only one of four Packers on the roster, by the way, over that threshold. It is very, very different for a guy that can the last two years has not played a full season because he's been recovering from a horrible ACL surgery, and now he finally feels like he's to the point where he's fully healthy and ready to go. This guy, if he would have been healthy, would have been an all-pro every year. He would have been a a, a pro football Hall of Famer on the level and the likes of of a guy, and I know this is high praise because you're a Brookfield guy, but he would have been Joe Thomas level beloved in Green Bay Mm -hmm. had he been able to stay healthy. And this is the first season, you know, since pretty much the 2020 season that David Bakhtiari has the ability to be fully healthy and maybe play all 17 games. You know what a first-year quarterback really, really, really needs is an all-pro-level guy protecting his blind side. I don't give a damn that David Bakhtiari is calling it a rebuild. Because it is a rebuild. It absolutely is one. You can't look at the roster with only four guys over the age of 30. We're talking about 90 guys. This isn't a 53-man roster you have in September. You have 90 guys under contract right now, and only four of them are over the age of 30. And David Bakhtiari is one of those guys. He has earned the right to skip a few OTA practices. He went to the ones that he had to go to to make an extra three-quarters of a million dollars. He got paid $750,000 to show up to a certain percentage of workouts. And he did, right? So it's, and I understand he gave it the Marshawn Lynch treatment by saying, hey, I'm just here so I don't get fined. But obviously, you don't get fined. You just don't make that extra money. And he did. Um, I'm not, I don't think he's setting a bad precedent. I don't think he's setting a bad example. His job is one of the few on the entire roster that is safe week one, yeah. right? If David Bakhtiari is on the roster, guess who's starting to left tackle, Brad? 
David Bakhtiari starting correct. left tackle. Right? They're, 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 seriously, we could run through the 22 spots on offense and defense. There's probably five or six, maybe seven or eight, we are completely certain about. David Bakhtiari is the top of that list that he is starting at left tackle week one, assuming A, he's healthy, and B, he's on the team. So th- that's my take on it. I, again, I understand Craig's point, but you use the right word, toxicity. We're not getting that. We're just no. getting realism. Well, and to be honest, look, my, um, my hard take on Rodgers not going to OTAs was less about him than it was about creating continuity in the offense, of coaching up sure. young guys. Okay? That, does not, that standard does not follow every position. Okay? If you're a, how about this, Steve Smith. Steve Smith, when I played for the Panthers, he showed up at about half the OTAs. Okay? You know who weren't complaining about that? Everybody else on the team. Other receivers could get reps. You knew Steve was going to come in and do his thing. And when he was there, you paid attention and you bucked up a little bit. Yeah. And you, and you observed what a pro looks like because there's no way. Look, this is OTAs. You know what? This is, I said this at a prior show. This is training wheels. This is not a big deal. This is not the season. This is for young guys to learn the playbook, get a feel for the offense. This isn't even training pro- camp, Brad. I know. I know. It was, we're talking about practice, Stro. We're talking <laughs> about practice. And it, it's, a, it's vital for the quarterback to be there. The, the quarterback is held to a different standard, okay? We can, at least that's my stance. The quarterback is held to a completely different standard than the whole rest of the team. For David Bakhtiari, he could, he could have not gone to any of it. I mean, that, that's an option for a guy that, like you said, is recovering off of knee injuries. So I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a big deal at all that he is he's not present. And they yeah. need him. You know what creates a winning culture? Winning. And they're <laughs> going to need him to win. That might be the simplest yet brightest thing you've ever said. <laughs> you know what creates a winning culture? Winning. Yes. We do a lot of that here. We right? sure Great do. day in huddle. Great day in huddle. Winning culture. Uh, and that's a big thanks to Brad Nortman of Alex Strope. Alex Gravata, producer back in the Everlight Solar Studio. He's a winner, man. I mean, that guy wins like no other. Uh, speaking of him, we'll chat with him next. Uh, by the way, Brad, before we get to Gmail next segment, I need to set something up that I don't think G realizes he did yesterday. So we were in, we were in the Everlight Solar Studios, uh, what we call the bullpen with all the desks. And uh, G's desk is very close to mine. And he was having a discussion with some people around him about something. And I said, what are you guys talking about? And one guy was about to tell me, G stopped him and said, nope, I want to ask him on Gmail. Oh. So I'm very, this is an over 24-hour tease oh. that is going to be paid off next segment. Alex, no pressure, but it better be pretty damn good. The Great Dane Huddle rolls on right after this. Live from the Great Dane Pump Brewing Company on the east side of Madison. The Great Dane Huddle rolls on live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company. I'm the side of Madison. I'm Alex Strofe alongside the brilliant mind of the great Brad Nortman. Our guy Alex Gravatt back in the Everlight Solar Studio holding us down, holding it down and making us sound pretty good, I would say. We sound all right yeah. tonight. Yeah, we're doing okay. Um, real quick, before we get to Gmail, which I'm very excited because Alex Gravatt told me yesterday that uh, other people couldn't tell me whatever they were talking about because they wanted to save it for Gmail. That was like 29 hours ago, so that's been on my mind constantly. I think G may, may think I forgot about that, but I certainly have not. Uh, but real quick, I want to tell you about my great friends over at Condon Jewelers, which, of course, includes the great Diamond Jim, the owner of the store, who's in the store every single day, ready to help you. Whether you're looking to take the next step in your relationship 
whether you're looking to treat yourself, whether you're looking to treat maybe dad before Father's Day, which is coming up quickly. Maybe he needs a new watch. Jim's got a load of them at Condon Jewelers. The jeweler on the east side, the jeweler on your side. Ask him about financing, too. I mean, they, they do it things well. They, that's an understatement. They do things amazingly over at Condon Jewelers. The jeweler on the east side, the jeweler on your side. Tell him I sent you and tell him to hook you up because he is very good at doing that. Uh, you can also find him online. Condon Jeweler, that's singular. CondonJeweler.com. All right, he's Brad Nortman. I'm Alex Strofe. It's time to get into it. It's time to play Gmail on the Great Dane Huddle. You've got mail. So, yeah, people just come to me with their problems now, and that's great. I love it. Don't get me just wrong. Just your problems. It's Yeah, they're their problems. Um, and we're going to start with what you've been teasing, as I know you're very excited about it. So, Hunter and Madison, this one's not an email, not a Gmail. It is just a him talking to me from across the little uh, divider we have. <laughs> and he was going to his mom's house. He hasn't. He didn't see her during um, Mother's Day, so he was stopping by the store to get her a nice little gift it's card. a month ago. Yeah, whatever, whatever. He was busy. This is not the point. He was stopping <laughs> to get a little uh, gift card and and sure. little greeting card. That's what I'm looking for. And he was behind someone in line, an old lady who had a full week, maybe two weeks worth of groceries. And he just had the card. And he's like, hey, do you mind if I sneak in front of you here so I don't have to wait through this whole thing? And she said no, which leads me to the question, is it okay Alex, to ask to cut in front of someone else in line in the grocery uh, store? Yeah, so I have I have like three issues with this. Number one, no, it's not okay. Don't do it. Everybody has done their shopping. I don't care if you've been there for 30 minutes shorter. I got in line. Let me take my spot. Um, I do feel bad for Hunter, considering he only had one, uh, you know, one, one item or two items. But pick a different line. I mean, grocery stores, I understand, right? Typical grocery store will have somewhere between 8 and 16 lines, and probably only two of them are open. However, every grocery store, convenience store, item store, you name it, has at least four self-checkout lines these days. There's no way Hunter did not have the ability to go to a self-checkout line, scan the card, click pay, and that was it. So, no, I, I, I think it's unfair to ask the person in front of you to skip them in line. I think that's a bad idea. Um, and, and secondly... There's more than one aisle in a grocery store or a convenience store or an item store. So, yeah, I just I just think this is a rookie move on his part. I totally agree. Anyone that knows me knows I would never ask the person in front of me to do that. It's just, like, not my thing. I, yeah. I don't like asking for help. I don't like anything. They would need to volunteer that to me and say, oh, young Sonny. I see you only, young have, Sonny. I see you only have one thing. Would you, do you want to go ahead of me? I would say, oh, man, that's so sweet of you. I will absolutely do that. And if I'm in no rush, I would say, no problem. You just go do your thing. Sure. But my head would be on a swivel figuring out exactly which line I can weave myself into Bingo. to go ahead and do that. So, yeah, I mean, Hunter's got to he's got to keep his head on a swivel. He's got to have high awareness. He's got to get that Madden awareness rating up is what Hunter needs to do. Wow. You've got mail. All right, so Shelby in Janesville chimes in once again and asks if sneezing. She's becoming a regular. Good for her. Perhaps. Uh, if, <laughs> if sneezing were to just stop altogether. Yeah. How long do you think it would take you to notice Brad Norman before, like, just knowing that sneezing is over? Oh, man. It would take me a while. I think it would, not because I wouldn't recognize everybody else not sneezing, is because I, at some point, I feel like, man, I haven't sneezed in, like, three years. <laughs> what is going on? Did I just become immune to all the things that are really sneezing? So I, it would three take me years. some time. It would take me some time 
to figure out that, wow, people are not sneezing anymore. Because I'm not really super aware when other people do it. I'm that pretty aware so when I am doing funny. it. That is so funny. Three years for Brad Dortman. I'm going the exact time. <laughs> it would take me 48 hours. And here's why. It actually has nothing to do with me. Um, my lovely girlfriend, whom I adore and live with, uh, she has this thing, this weird quirk about her, that when she sneezes, she sneezes a, a minimum of six times. Oh. And sometimes it's like 12 or 14. So just <laughs> sneeze, 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 sneeze. It's wild. It's, it's something I, I found out as soon as we started seeing each other. And she quickly told me, don't say bless you every time. I was going to say, do you withhold your bless you then? Hold the, withhold the bless you until I know she's done. Okay. Um, that's what she, I guess she told like her high school teachers to do. Um, you know, if she was sneezing in class or whatever. So I, I, I found that out very early. Wait until wait to say bless you until the end. Because when we were starting, when you start dating somebody, obviously you're more polite than you actually are, <laughs> right? Like you're playing it up. You're trying to be a sweetheart, a great dude. Um, I, and I'd like to think I'm pretty polite. Like overall, I think I'm a pretty polite dude. I think, oh, yeah. I think I'm a nice guy. Oh yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, by like the third date when she was sneezing 14 times, and I had said bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. It's like what the hell am I doing here? Yeah. You know. And she finally stopped me, and she's like, just wait. Um, and, and so anyway, she goes on one of those fits. I would say probably once a day, maybe once every two days. Oh man. So I would catch it. Very quickly. If she's just not sneezing anymore, it would it would be shocking or worrisome to me. What a burden to carry. Uh, yeah, I, I feel bad for her, but luckily I, I don't have to deal with it. So uh, at least personally. So uh, it would not take me long. Two days, max. All right, Brad. <clears throat> you mentioned. Sorry about You've that. Way to clear the throat. Up. <laughs> you know you have an off button, right? You know that's available hey, to you. I, I started to talk and it just immediately went out. I feel okay, bad. I'm just making sure you but know yeah, that no, exists. I'm, I'm aware. Um, So, Brad, you mentioned a moment ago Madden, and Logan in Duluth asks, who do you think should be on the cover of this upcoming Madden? Should? Will uh, are different questions. Okay, should. Ooh, that's a really good one. Um, Man, I would love to see... This is a good question. You want me to go? Because I have an answer. You go first. Give me a second. Uh, This is a heel turn Alex Strofe moment. Maybe the greatest player in the NFL currently that has never been featured on a Madden cover is wearing a brand new jersey in 2023. His name is Aaron Charles Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers in a number eight Jets jersey should be the cover of Madden this year. Now, I've seen who, at least it's been reported, because it doesn't come out until tomorrow. We'll find out who the cover athlete is. I've seen who it's supposed to be, um, and I think this person's deserving by all means. But I think who should be on the cover of Madden, think how many copies that would sell in New York. Aaron Rodgers, number eight, New York Jets jersey, cover of Madden 24. It would sell so many copies, and he's never been on a Madden cover. I go Aaron Rodgers here. Okay, that's a good answer. I was thinking about it, and I was thinking about someone who's got, who's just got a ton of swagger, a ton of confidence, who would just be like, that's a, that's a stud on that cover right there. Where are you going? I'm going to go with Joe yeah. Burrow. Yeah, man, that's Joe Burrow was... He, I mean, just the guy that just exudes confidence and put me in, coach. That's what I get out of yeah. Joe, out of Joe Burrow. So yeah. put put Joe Burrow on my Madden cover this I, year. I love that pick. By the way, who I've seen is reported, and this is not me reporting. I've just seen it on Twitter and, and, and Reddit and whatnot. Uh, Josh Allen, yeah, of I the Buffalo the same, Bills, same uh, supposed to be on on the cover of. I, I like that pick too. I do too. Right, I, I like Josh Allen. I think you and I are on the same page yeah. with him. Um, kind of got that. He's got that quiet confidence to him. I like that about you know, him. You know, it would be an X factor who would get one of our co workers really jazzed up. 
Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Saw Colin Russo yesterday. Oh, I miss me some. Colin oh Russo. my goodness, it was it was amazing. I was in a meeting on a different, uh, not at uh, our building. So I walk into the office yesterday, and there's Colin Russo mucking it up about his travels in Italy. I can't wait to hear the stories. Uh, me neither. I get to host twice with them at the AmFam Championship this oh. weekend. Four to six Friday in Scalzo Brussels, ten to noon Sunday, filling in for Craig Karmazin Lucky on you. Sunday Karma. So I'm sure we'll talk Jaguars, Italy, and all the in-between. So there's your appointment listening. We'll have you on for a guest spot if you'd like. All right. Um, so there we go. Gee, we got time for one more, you think? One last one. It's related. It's easy. You've got mail. Is... The Madden curse, real Brad Nortman. You know, I, I read a statistics thing about this in one of my statistics classes that I took, and basically, I don't. Brad, you were in college 15 years ago. Let's update your uh, data, would you? No, well, you I, old I, man? I think it's going to go with it. The hard part is I'm going to make this a quick answer. <laughs> so, I don't believe that Madden curse is real. It just has to go with performance statistics. Usually, to get on the Madden cover, you have to have an exceptional season the year before. It's unlikely you continue that pace for your whole career. Ooh. So naturally, the law Ooh. of averages will bring you down in future years, but you attribute that to being on Madden instead of the law of averages. How about that for All a quick right. educational First setting? off, I apologize. <laughs> I was not. Right? My guy right there knows. I, I was. I was. I was not aware. I was not familiar with your game, as, <laughs> as the great Charles Barkley once said. Um, I, uh, yeah. You know what? I'm not even going to answer this question. You're spot on. Thank you. There you go. That's Gmail here on the Great Dane Huddle. He's Brad Nortman. I'm Alex Strofe. We are live at the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company on the east side of Madison. The beers are a-flowing here. The meals are being had. It is always a great time. Brewer baseball on the television as they return back home to AmFam Field to take on the surprisingly good Baltimore Orioles. Brad, uh, and I don't know how closely you follow baseball, the Orioles are 15 games over 500. It's pretty Which, unbelievable. They've been the worst team in baseball like the last five years. So anyway, that shocked me when I saw that earlier today. But anyway, uh, we will wrap up the Great Dane Huddle right after this. Live from the Great Dane Pump and Brewing Company on the east side of Madison. Wrapping up the Great Dane Huddle Live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company on the east side of Madison. I'm Alex Strofe alongside the brilliant mind, the former Badger and NFL punter Brad Nortman. And, uh, you know, we typically talk a lot of football on the show. I think we got to take a time out from football for a moment. Because there's big news this morning. Football! Football! Uh, big news this morning as the PGA and the Live Tour have joined forces under one umbrella. When I saw this, I thought it was The Onion, honestly. I thought it was like <laughs> The Onion article. Yeah. I don't know what the hell this means. I don't know what the hell this means for the people that have talked smack one way or another the last couple of years. I'm very confused on what this means for golf. Brad Nortman would love your thoughts. I mean, there's a lot of details yet to come out, but I was thinking about this. You know I love my analogies. Yeah. Oh, do you? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a quick analogy on you to make this fun and to, to digest it. It's almost like you you and I are, are good buds, right? We're good I, buds I would, anyway. I would say so. But imagine you and I are single dudes, okay? And, you know... We'd have a lot of fun. Go we on. would have a lot of fun. <laughs> um, so imagine we're single dudes, and there's this girl group that we hang out with, but there's a girl group that... There's a girl in that group that I'm like, I morally detest her. I can't even be around. <laughs> 
around her, vile. I will not even have anything to do with her. Not only that, you can't hang out with any of her friends either. If you were a real friend, you won't have anything to do with that girl group. Even if you were interested in some of them, you're like, okay, Brad, I am with you. I have no interest in that girl group. I am. I have solidarity with you that those gr- girls are morally detestable. We will have nothing to morally do with them. And, and we go on social media and we're cooties, saying right. that. And then... And then, and and you back me up publicly. You say, you know what, Brad's right. We will not. We're gentlemen. We will not lower ourselves to their standards. Yes. And then, uh, about twelve months later, uh, you go on Facebook and you see uh, Brad Nortman is in a relationship with the girl I called out. <laughs> Morally detestable. And that is, and and you say, dude, what happened? And I was, oh shoot, yeah, sorry. Uh, we just we're dating now. Sorry. Oh yeah, and all the rest of the girls you might have been interested in. They're. They're taken too. So sorry. In this role, I am the PGA commissioner, <laughs> and you are guys like Rory McIlroy, who stood up by my side, and and wow. I got up there, and I just I, I gave it my best, and we're gonna put hard lines in the sands, moral stances, and after all that, we end up joining forces anyway. So I feel bad for the PGA golfers that stayed on the side of you know, okay, I'm gonna follow you, I'm gonna stay on this you know this moral. Uh, side of the equation, and ends up getting really nothing in, in return, and taking a, a kind of a beating for it. It's it, it's a really weird time in golf. I have no idea wow. what this new. Mer- I know. Can, I, 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 my brain is scattered right now. It's a it's a weird time in golf. I have no idea what the new uh, the new coalition is going to look like. I really don't. Yeah, and there's not a ton of details out on it yet, but it's really odd, right? It is like, odd. Wh- how long did the LIV exist? Eighteen months. I think this time last year. It's when, yeah, they, they had already established it, and guys were thinking about, hey, I'm joining it, or I'm not. Like, stances were taken this time last year, so it wasn't that long. Really wasn't long. Well, uh, I'm sure there will be more details that come out as we lead up to the American Family Insurance Championship weekend coming up this week. And a big thanks to Brad Nortman, Alex Gravatt, for helping out tonight. I'm Alex Strofe. This has been the Great Dane Huddle Live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company on the east side of Madison. We'll talk to you next Tuesday right here on ESPN Madison.